Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. KR Media proudly presents Kingdom Rock Radio with your Bible teachers, Pastor Mark A. Stroud. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. And Pastor Suniko Stroud. With God on their side, they were stronger than anybody. Get the latest downloads from our website. You can download today's message as an MP4, MP3, or simply download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile devices from the iTunes Store or Android Market. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. And remember, Jesus is Lord. Today's message is entitled, I'm Saved, Now What? Part number two by Pastor Mark A. Stroud. Amen. Well, what an honor it is to stand back before you today uh, as your pastor. Um, it is definitely um, a wonderful opportunity to bring forth the word of God to you. So I thank God that you're ready and your hearts are open and ready to receive the rich word of God. Remember that when you come to receive the word of God, your heart can either, uh, the condition of your heart does matter. One out of four out of the book of Mark says will actually produce, uh, actually produce fruit from the seed that is sown. So I pray today that the word won't be sown by, um, by the wayside or on stony ground or among thorns, but the word will be sown on good, rich ground. And it will produce some 30, 60, some 100 fold. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark 16. Let's go to Mark 16. I'm going to go back there today. Mark 16. And I just thank the Lord for all of our friends and visitors that have gathered here uh, in this place today to hear the rich word of the Lord. We've come, first of all, to minister to the Lord. To bless him. We've come in thanksgiving and in adoration for what he has done for us. You know, we ought to thank God that we have a mind to come to church. We have a, that we have a mind to worship him. A mind to praise him. A mind to serve him. You know, not everyone has a mind to do that. And I consider that one of the greatest gifts that he's given unto me. A mind to serve him. A mind to be thankful. Because so many are in a place where either they are driven by the storms, driven by the storms of life or the worries of life. And serving and worshiping the Lord are, I mean, that's something that is far back in the nosebleed section of their stadium, so to speak. It is way away. And sometimes we can go through some stuff as well, and it just, mm, it's just hard. Yes, yes, yes. But when you have a mind to yes, worship him, mm. it's on the forefront of your mind, that's a good thing. Jesus. All right, let's go back. Uh, Mark 16, verse number 15. Uh, let me read verse 15, 16, 17, and 18, and then we'll stop and we'll, we'll pray and then we'll go further. The Bible says, go ye, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. 
They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity to bring forth your word, to hear the word ministered and also to receive it. Father, we do pray that our hearts will be open and receptive to hear your voice and that after all is said and done, uh, that we will produce, we will produce a fruit, uh, fruit or the results that you are desiring for us to produce. Lord, we ask you for that 30, 60, that 100 fold that would spring forth out of our lives. Now, Lord, we ask for the anointing. Give us that anointing that makes preaching the word and hearing the word easy. The anointing that makes that word stick to us and, and that causes us to grow. We're leaning on you today and relying on you today. Have your way in us. In Jesus' mighty name. Let every heart say amen. Amen. Well, last week we spoke from the subject of I'm saved. Now what? I'm saved. Now what? Well, you know, we've had a lot of people that um, would come to the house of God and they give their lives to the Lord Jesus at the altar or maybe at some revival or some concert or somewhere. And they they get they they we could say they give their hearts to the Lord Jesus and they truly believe. But then they just stop right there. It is if they were to come from the outside and all the elements and everything that is happening out there, the storm and it's hellfire and rain and all that stuff is it's coming down. But they come in the door and they say, I'm saved now. I'm not out there anymore. But then they just stand around the door. They never go on into the place and explore and find out why they're saved. There's a reason that you know Christ at this moment and someone does not. Let me show you something before we go on. Let's go to the book. Well, we're actually here, aren't we? Let's go. Matter of fact, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 26. Let me show you something and then we'll go on further. Matthew, the 26th chapter, one verse, verse number 28. Matthew 26, one verse, verse number 28. When you get that, say amen. Matthew 26, verse number 28 says, I'll wait, I still see here a few, few flipping. Wait for a moment. And it says here, for this is my blood, as the Lord is talking about, um, this is the, the time of communion, and he's bringing this forth to the disciples. This is the Last Supper. Notice what it says here, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for who? Scripture says it's shed for many, for the remission of sins. Now remission means forgiveness. Forgiveness. The Bible does not say that his blood was shed for all. It says his blood was shed for many. His blood was shed for many. Now of course he gave his life that the world would be saved, that all of humanity would be saved. But the blood is applied for all those who would receive it. So if the blood of Jesus has been applied to your immortal soul, and if you have forgiveness of your sins, there is a reason for that. 
There is a reason why the Holy Spirit of, of God has dealt with you to give your life to him. So many others have heard a salvation call. So many others have heard the television preacher, the radio preacher, have been to different churches all around the place. So many others have heard God calling them, have, have heard the voice, the summoning of the Holy Spirit time after time after time again, felt the unction and power and presence of God and knew that God was calling them and did not respond, but you did. And there is a reason that you responded. The blood of Jesus was shed for many. God in his foreknowledge. Now, I don't really want to get into predestination. But the Lord is, he's at the beginning of time and he's at the end of time. All at the same moment. And he knows full well who will give his life to him and who will not. And so his blood, none of it is wasted. His blood was shed for those that would receive him. So if you've received the Lord Jesus today, not to say that many of you won't receive him tomorrow or before you die, but if you've received his blood today, if you receive his life and sacrifice today, that is for a reason. It is for a reason. That you've heard the call and summoning of God and you've chosen to receive his hand right now. You've chosen to walk out of darkness into his marvelous life right now. There's a reason that God has called you and has summoned you. He's called you for work. He's called you for a purpose. In 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verse number 9, I'll read it. You can make note of it or turn to it quickly. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 verse 9 says this, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us by Christ Jesus before the world began. A few thoughts here. God gave you a purpose before the world began. He called you before the world began. Amen. In Christ. Now you and I may not have had an existence like we know. Of course we didn't like we know now. But we existed in the mind of God. We existed in him way back then. And God had a purpose for us way back then. He knew that when you would be born, he chose the date. He chose your parents. Uh, praise the Lord. He chose all these things to implant us into this current society for a reason and for a purpose. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. After we are born again, after we give our lives to the Lord Jesus, it becomes incumbent upon us to find out the reason for the call. Why have you summoned me, Lord? Why at this moment am I alive? Why have you chosen me? What is my assignment here on the earth? Remember, and we can we could turn it, but in Matthew 25, you won't really get it. You can get it and make note of it. In Matthew 25, the Lord talks about servants, three types of servants. He, he gives unto one um, uh, five talents, unto another two talents, and to another he gives one. They were all servants, which means that they were really supposed to be devoted to doing their master's will, right? 
they all had an assignment. The one that had five talents, of course, doubled. The one that had two talents, of course, doubled. The one that had one talent decided that he wanted to hide it in the earth and decided that he would not do his master's will. Well, the Lord didn't throw him a party. The Lord called him the wicked and slothful servant. You're wicked, which means twisted. Come from that old English word, uh, uh, twisted. Uh, or we get our wicked, we call it our wicker furniture. Wicker furniture, twisted, twisted. He's saying your thinking is twisted if you think that I'm going to approve of you and you haven't done what I said. You wicked and slowful. Slowful simply meaning lazy. It's lazy. A lazy mindset. Because understanding being born again, being saved, is going to require some work. We're going to do work for the Lord. Ministry is work. It is work. Salvation is free, yes. It costs, yes. It costs the Lord Jesus Christ his life. To present that to us so that he could get it to us. He had to shed his blood. And that's not easy. Are you hearing me? And we receive it freely. But then the work begins. Then we put our hands to the plow. Not looking back. Then here comes a life of suffering. Because some people are going to leave you. Some people are going to talk about you. Some people are going to criticize you and all these terrible things. Some terrible things will happen. It's not going to be all rosy. Everybody's not going to say that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread or since sliced cheese. Are you hearing me? There is some pain involved in this. If our king, our great king endured pain, how much more will we? Are you hearing me? There is some pain involved, sometimes that you will bleed on the inside, not physically, but sometimes you'll bleed emotionally, and you won't know why, and why you're going through all these things, all these trials and tribulations, and all these things are happening all around you, but you still must stay the course. Hallelujah. For the glory that is set before you. Paul said it this way, I am not my own, but I have been bought with the price. And no matter how I feel, the work of Christ must go on. It must go on. As they say in show business, the show must go on. The show must go on. But in the uh, furthest point, we can also add this, um, that the Lord is not only interested in what you can do for him, he's also interested in you. So as we are saved, and we gave the question again, I'm saved, now what? Now what? It's time for you to know your purpose and your calling. It's time for you to know your purpose and calling. And knowing your purpose and calling will keep you out of a lot of mess. Will keep you out of a lot of mess. Go to Philippians 3. Philippians, the third chapter. I want to show you this. As Paul talks about... uh, uh, being in an Olympic race. Philippians 3. And uh, let's start, we'll start here at verse number 10. Philippians 3 verse 10 says, He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. 
if by any means uh, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend for uh, apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or that I have arrived. We'll get back to the Olympics shortly. He said, I count not myself to have apprehended or arrived. What do you mean, Paul? You the great miracle worker. God's using you in signs and wonders. He's using you to to spout mysteries of heaven. But Paul says, hey, I have not arrived. I am not there. He said, I count not myself to have arrived or apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, uh, hereto, rather whereto, we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule and let us mind the same thing. He says here, I press toward the prize. And as we talk about prize, P-R-I-Z-E, it's like that of an Olympic. He talks about the Olympics a lot, of how people get in training, and they, they train for a reason. They train for a purpose. I pray you're hearing me today. It won't be very long before you. But they train for a reason. They train for a purpose. They get up early uh, mornings. They go out jogging. They lift weights. They make sure they eat the right diet because they know that on a certain day, they'll have to run or they'll have to perform and um, They'll have to, and they're going to do this to win that prize. He goes on to say, well, some win, they they do all that to win a corruptible prize or, you know, something with gold, silver and all of that stuff. But he's saying, no, I'm doing it to receive an eternal prize. God has something for me. And everyone that understands this will temper their body. Everyone that understands this will temper their life. In other words, control, bring it under some form of control. When you see a goal, when you have a goal in mind, just like in the, in the Rocky movie, when, when Rocky had to go up against Mr. T, he doesn't eat bonbons and all this other stuff and sit around and eat chips and soda all day. No, you know in the minute you're going to be up against this big old man in the ring. Hallelujah. And we need to live with that sort of mindset. Hear me, because today may be okay with you, but you have no idea about tomorrow. If today you eat bonbons and chips and sodas spiritually here, I'm talking about spiritually, and you do not prepare for the warfare that is up the road, well, then we'll see you coming in church. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. Or worse yet, you won't even come to church and you try to deal with the thing yourself somewhere. This is a war. You understand that, right? I'm saved. Now what? Now you must prepare for war. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I could tell you sweet roses and and everything of sugar and spice and everything is nice. Well, that would be an incorrect picture. You will have good days. 
Oh, and your most fulfilling days is when you will be when you're doing what God has called you to Amen. do. Amen. When you're flowing in your gifts and callings, there will be some awesome days. But then again, there will be other days. Yes, other days when you think, is my living in vain? Is my ministry in vain? And now when I say ministry, when I say my ministry, of course, it's the ministry of the Lord through us. But everyone should have a ministry. Everyone should have a ministry. You mean, Pastor, I'm going to have a collar around my neck? No, you don't need that. Ministry is simply, the word minister means servant. Ministry means your service to the Lord. How are you serving God? What is your ministry? How are you serving God? Well, pastor, I come to church. Coming to church is for you. So that you can receive the word of God. So that you can bless God. Are you hearing what's being said? What is your service, your ministry to God? What is your service? I believe you. It would be a good idea for you to write that down. You need to write that down. What is your ministry? What is your service to God? What has God given you to minister and to serve him? When you serve him, when you serve the Lord, it will oftentimes be inconvenient. If you don't want to be inconvenienced, then you don't want to be saved. You're going to have to go out of your way to help someone else. Now, listen, when you're serving the Lord or ministry to the Lord will always involve people. Always involve people. If it is a true ministry or service to the Lord, it's going to involve people. And that's a good thing. And that can also be a pulling out your hair thing. It can be a joyful thing. It can also be a very frustrating thing. But we're serving the Lord as we're serving his people. Are you hearing? What is your ministry? In the words of that great prophet Janet Jackson, what have you done for him lately? Are you hearing? What have you done for him lately? Are we living a life God give me or are you living God what can I do for you serving God will cost you serving God will cost you it will cost you it will cost you your time it may cost you your, your reputation it will cost you because there'll be some things that God will tell you to do that you won't want to do There'll be some things that God will ask you to do that will make you extremely uncomfortable. But you know it's him. As he pulls you out of your comfort zone into greater things. Just flat out uncomfortable. God, I don't want to go. But you know he's saying go. God, I don't want to say that. But you know he's saying say it. Just flat out uncomfortable. So I'm not calling you to life and God's not calling you to a life of sugar and spice and everything's nice and and rose petals and everybody's going to love you when you get saved. No, some people are going to hate your guts because you decided to turn 
for the Lord. Understand that. Some people will lie on you. Lie on you and talk about you. All because you decided to go the right way. Now do that simply because now you're bringing light in and they love their darkness more. So when you decide to do the right thing, they begin to realize, hey, okay, I'm wrong in this. And they will despise you. But yet and still, the Lord said, I'm sending you forth as sheep among wolves. And the sheep don't have claws. Sheep don't have fangs. Sheep go back to the Lord. Back to the shepherd. When the sheep sees danger. Which causes the shepherd to turn. What in the world is going on with the sheep? And go over and investigate and handle that. Are you hearing? We in ourselves are defenseless. God did not give any of us, any of us physical power to heal anybody. Physical power. If healing is done, it's done because his spirit is upon you to do it. He did not give any of us that special, physical, Superman-like, bat, well, maybe Batman. Well, Batman doesn't really have powers. Superman-like powers. We're all trusting and depending on him. And that's where he wants us, to trust and depend on him for every moment and ever of every second. But what is your ministry to the Lord? What has he assigned you to do? What has he assigned you to do? Matter of fact, ask your neighbor, what is your ministry to the Lord? What has he assigned you to do? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to do something. You know, we were in school and, and, and back in my day, it may operate differently in this day. I don't know. Some of you schoolers may have to tell me some of y'all are in school or just got out of school. When a teacher gives an assignment, a project, okay, and the project is to go home and draw uh, draw a building with a happy family around it. And that's the project. That's the assignment. Draw a building or a house with a happy I'm not going to do it. Come on. Let me get some artists today. Come on. Let me get some artists today. You got a few seconds. My patience is running thin. Let me get some artists today to draw a house and a happy family. Let me get another artist today to draw to draw a an airplane. Let me get another artist since you're here. You draw a car. How about that? We have three artists here that are now actively working very hard. 
to draw on the board. And so we see Pastor Rob makes it look so easy. No, okay. All right, so the assignment, we're going to talk about that in a second. The assignment in class that day was to draw a house with a happy family. Very good, very good. That's good car there. Very good. All right, artist, your time is about up. You got a few more seconds. Praise the Lord. Put some wings on that bad boy and you got it. All right, there we go. Let's give her a hand as well. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's give him a hand too, would you? Very good. Got some good artists here. All right, but as we said, if we were in school and if the assignment was class, If the assignment was to draw a happy family and a house, although this plane is wonderful, isn't that wonderful? This car is also wonderful. The assignment was to draw a house. Now, for demonstration purposes, of course, I asked him to do those things, so they all got an A. Because I asked him to do it. But if we're in a classroom, and if the instruction was to draw a house and a family, although the plane and the car are great drawings, they would not receive a passing grade. You understand what we're saying? Because that was not the assignment. What has God called you to do? What is your assignment in life? What if God has called you to be an usher in the house of the Lord or he called you to be a cashier at Walmart? He has people everywhere. But we say, no, I want to be a doctor. Well, that's a good plane, but that's not the assignment. The Lord is very specific, very specific in his desire and what he wants from you. And the Bible says that at the the very end of time and all of that, we're all going to stand before the Lord and give an account. All I'm trying to bring your attention to today, praise the Lord, I'm saved. Now what? Now what is for you to begin to flow in your gifts and callings? Now what is for us to stop being lazy? Hallelujah. Because ministry is work. It is hard work. There is some pain involved. There is some suffering involved. That comes with the territory. Says I must be doing something wrong. No, you're probably doing something very right. That all this stuff comes with it. There'll be days when you're going to have to really push and push and push. But it won't, all that won't last that long. There will be some good days around as well. Just like being in a relationship, in a marriage. Some of you have been married long enough to understand this. There are some days when you're in, especially your younger years in marriage. Oh, it was so love. Oh, I just love you. Oh, I just, I can't wait to see you. Oh, I just can't go to sleep without you. Oh, oh, you're so in love. Those other days, oh, other days. Are you hearing? But then love matures, and then it picks up 
from where it's not as, as jump ropey or whatever you want to call that first part. <laughs> it's not that, and it's not down in the dumps, but it's mature. It's a mature love. It's, I know what you're thinking. You don't have to tell me what you're thinking. We already know. It's so-and-so, is Pastor Stroud, do you think Pastor Mico like this? No, don't even ask her. No, don't even ask her. It's ask her what I would think she will already know. Love has matured. You understand? So there'll be some days that you want to just jump through the roof and new, new people come to the Lord and they get saved and they're, whoo, praise the Lord. Amen. Let them let enjoy that phase. Hallelujah. Let them enjoy that phase. We're going to church every day. Praise God. Yes. Yes. Enjoy. Yes. Yes. And then there'll be them days. I don't know if I want to go back to church anymore. I'm not sure if I want to go back to church anymore. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. You push through. You push through. You push through. You push through. And then you get to that state of maturity. Hey, and you're stronger now. You walk with God stronger. More power with the Lord. See, many people just want to hang out in the honeymoon stage, so to speak. As long as everybody's loving, whoo, you stay. When the honeymoon stage is over, it's time to go. It's time to go. They can't endure, the, they don't endure the hardness. That is a natural part. That's a natural part. But after that hardness goes, then comes the matured, matured walk, matured fellowship with the Lord. Let me give you just 10 things. I'm just this list of 10 things that should be done or you should have when you come into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we're going to close out for today. List of 10 things that you should do or should happen to you after you receive the Lord Jesus. Here are 10 things. Number one, you should begin, uh, there should be a transformative process uh, inside of you to become like Jesus. There should be a longing and a desire to be like Jesus. If you're born again, born of God, there should be a desire in you to be like him. That transformative process should begin. Hallelujah. If you're born again, uh, here again, you should experience these things or these things should happen to you or you should do these things uh, secondly you should grow in him there should be some growing growing in him growing in him we should begin to grow into him to being like him there should be some growth we've talked about growth even on Wednesday night why people don't grow one because they don't receive the word that is spoken if your heart is hardened, if you're not receiving the word of God or, or when the word of God comes forth, everything else is going on or it doesn't get into the heart. There are so many reasons why. But if your heart is in the right place, open and receptive to hear the word of God, growth should be occurring. There was one lady at the, the first church I, I pastored. Uh, when the senior pastor left, uh, senior pastor there was more flamboyant, more microphone hmm. nothing wrong with that style you understand but that's not me 
And so she said after service one day, Pastor Stroud, she said, I- I'm leaving. I said, well, I thank you for at least telling me. Thank you. I said, why? I said, well, you just don't excite me like he did. Exactly. Huh. Okay, well, I don't come to church for that, but, but I understand you like that style. So, God bless you. Have a good day. There's only one woman that would bother me if I heard her say that. And that would be my wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But you should be growing in Christ. Uh, Third, um, your mind should be renewed in the word of God. Get your mind renewed. This should be happening. Get your mind renewed in the word of God. You're born again. You're saved. Get your mind renewed in God's word. Fourth, you should begin to flow in your gifts and callings. You should begin to flow in your gifts and callings. Pastor, I don't know what that is. Well, isn't it about time that we find out? We should begin to flow in our gifts and callings. Remember, that's what's required of you. That's what's required of you. You say, well, I don't know completely know what it is. Well, let's get busy and pray and ask the Lord at the same time. And you'll find yourself floating in the area where you're supposed to be. Fifth, become an active member of the body of Christ in a local church. There's so many people that say, well, I'm saved, I'm born again, but I'm not under any covering, I'm not under any authority, I'm just going to do my own thing. Jesus and I got my own thing. I don't want to go to church. But remember, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So for us to say, I want you, Jesus, but I don't want what you're building. There's something wrong with that. Are you hearing? Sixth thing is daily. We should have daily repentance. There should be daily repentance because you're going to mess up every day. Not that you did something that day, but maybe something you should have done that you didn't do. A daily walking before the Lord. Daily repentance. Daily repentance. Seven, we should be striving to build an an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus through prayer and personal Bible study or devotion. They could be listening to a sermon CD. They could be listening. uh, They could be reading your Bible. Praise the Lord. But there should be something daily going on with you and the Lord. Fifth thing is, rather, the eighth thing is, uh, we ought to be a witness. The Lord didn't say go witnessing. He said be a witness. Amen. There's a difference. We may talk about that some other time. Number nine, give God true worship and praise. That should be happening. If you are born again believer in Christ, we should be giving God true worship and praise. True worship and praise includes the three T's, time, talent, and treasure. Ooh, Pastor, you had a good time and talent. Your money. But it's not really yours. It's actually the Lord's, and you're a steward over those finances. You should be making that investment to the kingdom of God, and finally, submitting yourself. We should be submitting ourselves in ready obedience before the Lord. This, like many others, will take time. Ready obedience takes time. When God says, do this, and we don't argue with him, that takes time as you grow in relationship with him. Because at the beginning, when the word of the Lord comes, it rubs you the wrong way. 
you're going to be struggling with God for a minute. He may have to deal with you over for a few days or a few weeks and say, well, the Lord been dealing with me about this, but, you know, the Lord been dealing with me about this. I've heard, I've heard people, yes, the Lord been dealing with me about it, but, you know, no. And there's a struggling match going on, a wrestling match going on. But guess who normally wins? I pray he wins in your life. He wins is called obedience. If you win, it's called disobedience. Okay? But we should strive. I'm saved. Now let's get into our ministry. Ministry here again is your service to him. What, how has he called you to serve him? Because he has called you to serve him. Let's get into our purpose. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I give you praise. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.